it's basically learning your child's learning style and then doing it that way. Because if the quickest way to shut them down to school is if you have someone who learns audibly, like they need to hear you speak the words, reading does nothing for them. If you're constantly shoving a book in their face, read this, read this, they're Mm -hmm. they're done. So even if it's just me reading a book, then it's like instantly they're engaged. Instantly they're like, okay, I can do this. Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. What's different than every, everybody else is talking about homeschooling, and they talk about their mechanics, and they talk about their curriculum, and they, we want to talk about more the the stories, especially about focusing on what do you do for lifelong learners. Yeah. So one of like the the biggest thing for me is always been to make it enjoyable uh-huh. for the kids. Right. So what are their interests? Let's learn about that. Sure. So I've, I've gone through several different, like, I don't, maybe you'd call them phases of homeschooling because I've been homeschooling since 2005. Wow, that's a time. Not like, you know, necessarily all the time, all the kids, mm-hmm. some of the kids, some of the time, you know, it's, um, I'm, I've not ever been one of those people that's just like, we will only homeschool, you know, that kind of a thing. Like, right. it's just been like whatever season of life we're in, sure. um, what I'm more focused on what the kid needs than, you know, what, you know, people are going to think of me or something like that. Right. Sure. Um, so uh, lifelong learners, I feel like, um, I've done a good job of creating them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I've got some that, you know, that have flown the nest. I've got three that have flown the nest now. Um, and I, I feel like they all three are very good about um, continuing their learning process and not just like, I'm done with school, so see ya, you know, that kind of a thing. So uh-huh, uh-huh. They're, they're the same way. Like, because when, well, at least, I, I mean, I don't know for a fact, obviously, but I feel like because of the way that, I, you know, catered to their interests. Now, when they find something that interests them, they want to learn more about it. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've always tried to do something like that. Um, when the kids were, when my oldest, uh, few were older, like we would do, um, unschooling, which is like a, that's, um, so what we did look for, like for you, it was lap booking. Have you heard of that? Are you familiar with that at all? So basically, um, you can Google it. It's, it's not that it's mainstream, but I mean, it's, you can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically you would build like, um, a folder with pages. And so it would, if the kids were okay. So one time, um, I was like, what do you want to learn about? And I'm pretty sure that my son was just joking, but he was like, chocolate. I was like, Perfect. Let's learn about chocolate. Okay. So you take a folder, just like a manila folder, and then you're inserting inserting other folders inside of that, and then you're learning um, the math about percentages of oh, you wow. know the you know cocoa or I can't anyway I don't, not real good at the whole pronouncing thing but uh you know then they would learn about the percentages and um you know the the making of it the history of it so we would learn all the aspects of it so we were basically putting every single subject into learning mm-hmm. about this interest sure okay and you know including math 
And so then, it, of course, like at the end of our, you know, session of study of that, which we would only spend, you know, like a few weeks on each subject that we were working on. But then at the end of it, we did, you know, the chocolate tasting, which was what everybody wanted to get to and see, you know, like what. Really? Wow. You know, do I like milk chocolate? Do I like really dark chocolate? And, you know, so it, cool. it was really, it was a fun um I, I really enjoyed that time of learning with the kids when they were younger. I felt like it really worked well uh-huh. when my older ones sure. were, were younger, especially. Um, and then, of course, like, I don't know, we were like two years into doing that. And um, my, my oldest daughter would always tell people, they were like, oh, you're homeschooled? Yeah, we don't really do school. And I'm like, stop telling people that we do do school. Right. It's just not traditional school. Right. She had been to kindergarten, first and second grade. And then when we started homeschooling, it didn't look the same. Uh-huh. So she was like, we don't really do school. So, so did you do homeschooling for kindergarten through second grade or did they go to public school and then start homeschooling? So um, my oldest daughter um, was, they were, so my oldest daughter and my second son were in public school. Uh-huh. Uh, my second son was in kindergarten, and my oldest daughter was in, I can't remember if it was, uh, I feel like it was second grade when we started in third, or, well, halfway through the year, actually. Right. But it was like, um, he was diagnosed ADHD. Mm-hmm. She was labeled um, gifted. Oh. And uh, the school was not doing sure. a good job with either of those labels in my opinion and so midway through the year i was like i'm homeschooling i am done with this like Uh i'm I'm not going to do this anymore and you know brought them home and you know learned what their learning styles were and let them learn at their own pace and they thrived oh good so that's great yeah yeah especially making it towards the learning style Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so what's your funniest story Oh gosh, probably the one I just said. Because <laughs> she would just straight up, I'd be like, "We homeschool." No, we don't. We don't go to school. We don't do school. <laughs> just because learning's fun doesn't mean it's not, you know, educational, you know, and that kind of thing. And I have always tried to make it fun. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of times they, I don't know if they forget or they just don't think of it as school. Right. Because sure. cause we're doing things that's fun. And, uh-huh. you know, we're we're learning math in the kitchen and, you know, different things like that. And we're, we're learning science because we're outside. And, you know, it's it doesn't it doesn't look like school. It uh-huh. doesn't feel like, you know, school. So, yeah, they don't they don't think of it like that. Do you go this do the all the year round since you're doing unschooling or integrating it into your life? Then do you do it all year round, not just not just during the school year yeah quotes right yes we always have done that um we have always um in our family done okay so um during uh the winter when it's cold and everything you know it's like maybe we're gonna do more school then and then during the summer we'll do a little bit less Hmm. but like on a really hot day when like nobody wants to be outside in the afternoon anyway we're gonna you know we're gonna be doing school we've always done it that way what's funny is um this year 
um, in particular. In previous years, we've done quite a bit of school in, during the summer. Like, I just always feel like the kids, like, they lose a lot yeah. during the summer. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. it's like, you got to, like, get your brain going again or something, you know, get a jump start in the fall. So, um, during the summer, I've always been, you know, at least a few days, you know, that kind of a thing. Okay. So this year, um, the curriculum that we've been using, um, for both of them, they, uh, the way that I've done it previously is that we've, we've all learned the same thing mm-hmm. and they've had different levels of assignments. Right. So we may be all learning about the civil war, hmm. but then one of them has a paper that is more advanced than the other one's paper. And maybe somebody's doing an art project and somebody's doing a diorama. Oh, interesting. That kind of a thing. So mm-hmm. it's, it's at their level, even though they're learning the same thing we're learning, we're reading the same literature um, you know, living books, good books, sure. you know, solid literature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have different assignments that go along with those. Right. So, um, now though, um, we've just this last year started doing an online curriculum. This is the first year I've ever tried something like this. Oh, really? Um, You're doing online? I've never, it's, um, it's a Celis, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is, um, I'd never heard about it until a right. friend of mine told me about it. Sure. And I was like, okay, we may be able to use this because they're at this point where, um, they're the last two that I'm homeschooling, they have very different interests mm-hmm. in things and, um, they work at different paces and things like that. And right. so I was like, okay, maybe it would be beneficial to try this out for a year. Um, and I really, I didn't have high hopes for it, honestly, but I thought, well, it will be easier on me. Um, cause I'm, I've kind of been starting my own business back up again. Okay. So I thought, well, this will be easier for me, mm-hmm. but then, um, if it's meeting their needs as far as their interests and things are concerned and it's keeping them engaged, perfect. Right. So, so how do you balance that versus the, the unschooling, which one, which one is better? How do you still adapt it? So we, we still do. So I, it's kind of funny because I still feel like it's unschooling okay. to some extent uh-huh. because they're choosing what it is that they want. Like I'm not going like I'm not looking at the list and saying, well, you have to have this, this, this. Oh, they don't choose it for they, you? No. Okay. They get to choose their classes. Okay. And so they have looked at the list. We've gone over and we read all of the things about each of the classes. And they're like, well, I'm interested in this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they choose their courses. Okay. So, um, and then they get to work at their own pace also with this particular program. Right. They're not, assi- like, I can assign them a certain amount of things. But basically... <laughs> It sounds funny, but I'm like, okay, let's work until you're bored with it, <laughs> which sounds funny. But um, this past year, um, the goal was to finish um, because we do we we're not exclusively doing this particular curriculum. So they're sure. doing other things. They're doing other literature. They're doing Bible. They're doing there's oh, okay. other things that they're doing in right. addition to that. Uh-huh. Um, but I just kind of was like, okay, what do you want to do? That kind of a thing. So I was going to be really happy if they finished. Um, five courses mm-hmm. in, in that particular curriculum. So, um, both of them, like I said, working at their own pace, we ended up, um, one of them finished eight and one of them finished nine. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, this is working obviously. Um, and then this summer I said, you know, whatever classes that you aren't finished with, 
um, by the end of the you know typical school year I want you to um, one of them was math I like insist on math like I want that to go all through the summer no matter what sure sure um, and then uh, anything else that they weren't finished with I was just like okay so once a week I want you to work on that class and do your math mm-hmm. and um, the the other day I walked in and I was like what are you guys doing because usually they'll do it on Tuesdays and this was this has been several weeks ago. It was like maybe, I don't know, three, four weeks into summer or something like that. I walk in and I'm like, this is Wednesday. You usually do school on Tuesdays. And they were like, yeah, we just didn't have anything else to do. So we thought we'd just go ahead and do school. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what foreign objects are you? We don't have anything to do, so we'll just do school. And they, But they enjoy it. Uh-huh. And that's the goal. Right. Is you want them to enjoy school, enjoy learning. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. that's the goal. Right. I don't ever want them to be like, school is such a drag. I hate school. I don't mm-hmm. like, you know, always want them to want to learn. Sure. So. Okay. So how did you adapt to, how did you adapt the homeschooling to meet the needs of the ADHD kid? Okay, so with him, that was very key in the choice to unschool. Mm-hmm. So doing the unschooling, if I could um, give him constant hands-on projects, he stayed motivated. Okay. Um, when we were doing math, it was like the you know blocks manipulation. Um, he had to have things in his hands all the time, hmm. um, and so those things were very helpful. Sure. Um, it it's yeah. basically learning your child's learning style and then doing it that way because if the quickest way to shut them down to school is if you have someone who learns audibly like they need to hear you speak the words reading does nothing for them if you're constantly shoving a book in their face read this read this they're Mm -hmm. done they're done so even if it's just me reading a book then it's like instantly they're engaged instantly they're like okay i can do this okay that kind of it so with him though it was definitely the hands-on i got to get my hands on it i got to be able to do it he was the you know diorama kid he was the we're gonna do things with clay we're gonna do things with blocks when it Uh comes to math that was that was him wow that's pretty cool yeah when uh, melody was in uh, i think she was in second or third grade second or third grade they they said, yeah, she's got something she won't learn or something like that. She won't do the work. And you need to take her to the doctor. This was really before they started the big ADHD push, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, what's going on here? And then our youngest daughter, Lydia, who's two years younger than her, um, she, was in, she was in first grade and he never taught her to read. Because they said you can learn whatever words you want. Uh-huh. And they had kids learning Tyrannosaurus Rex, but they didn't know how to read. And so we had to pull her out, and so we pulled Melody out, and we homeschooled them both for a year. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. that's how um, the youngest one caught up, and then Melody caught up as well that way, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So That has always been a frustration of mine, is like, um, it, in public schools, they try to teach reading so early. Mm-hmm. And the way that, I was talking to my sister-in-law about this, and she's done a lot of study in early 
you know, childhood education, all that kind of thing, and the, the way that a child's brain works and everything. Sure. The, it, it used to be, you know, way back in the day that they didn't even try teaching kids to read at a kindergarten, you know, five, six years old. That mm-hmm. that wasn't, why would you try and teach a child to learn to read at that age when that's not what they're ready for? Right. Now, don't get me wrong. Some kids are ready to do that yeah, at yeah, that yeah. age. But um, then there's other kids. So like my um, oldest daughter, she was reading right off the get-go. Um, I have a niece that was the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking like three, four years old. Right. Putting letters together, no problem at all. That was their forte. They are to this day avid readers. Like, sure. love reading. My son, on the other hand, um, basically the public school was like, there's something wrong with him. He's not reading yet. Mm -hmm. There's something wrong with him. No, that was just not how his brain worked. He was just not ready for it. Mm -hmm. And when he was ready, it clicked and he started reading. Um, you know, he was like eight years old and the, you know, the pediatrician was, uh, that we had at the time even was just like, oh no, you, you need to put him back in public school. He should be reading by now. And I'm like, yeah, he'll read when he's ready to read. Really? Interesting. So, um, it, it's also like, I feel like, um, to a degree, like a parent's intuition and, you know, if you feel like there is actually a concern, then there's a time to seek out help. But until then, I feel like it's very child directed. Uh-huh. You can't you can't make a kid ready before they're ready. They're gonna be ready when they're ready. That's how God created them. Sure. So uh-huh. you just gotta wait for that. Right. Good. It takes the pressure off of you. <laughs> so what do you do about? Um, so your kids have grown. Um, how did they carry that on in life? Did some of them go to college or? Or what? Yes. So um, my um, oldest son um, did not choose to do any kind of college. He went directly into like an apprenticeship situation. Oh, really? Cool. Then um, my oldest daughter, um, she was very driven all through school. Um, she was the one that they labeled um, gifted. Uh, she took all the advanced classes she could get her hands on. Um, same in college. She immediately went into college. That was, mm-hmm. you know, she really wanted to do that. Right. Um, and she's always been like my, you know, over 4.0 student, you know, that kind of right, that, sure. a gal. Uh-huh. Devours books, you know, reads more books in a month than I usually do in a year, you know, (laughs) and I feel like I'm a reader, but, uh, so she immediately went ahead and did college. Um, my second son was very, uh, the, the ADHD one, very hands-on, um, ended up being a mechanic when it went and did, um, a technical college for, um, and he did that while he was still in high school. That's Mm -hmm. another, you know, they can do that while they're in public school also, but, um, that was, that was a really nice benefit for him again, hands-on learner. So that made total sense. Um, so, and of course the others like, I don't know yet, but (laughs) they, the, the one is very driven, um, my third son is very driven to go into some form of the military, okay. some some branch of the military. He's really interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one, um, my my next daughter, um, she is very much wanting to be an educator. 
Um, I'd love to take credit for that and be like, it's because she loves learning because of me, you know, or something like that. But, um, she just, she, I think ideally would love to just like get married, have her own kids, homeschool, (coughs) you know, that kind of a thing. But, um, she, she would like to be a teacher. She would like to teach at, um, a private school preferably would be her preference. Um, cause she's very, um, strong in her faith and would like to be able to relay that in the sure. classroom and stuff like that. So that's really fun. Cool. Um, and then, uh, the youngest, she is still like in the, um, like I might be an artist. I might be, um, you know, an archeologist, you know, you can do all those stuff. <laughs> yes. She, she's kind of in that phase still. Like she, yeah. she doesn't know what she wants to do. So that's fine. Yeah. One, one podcast episode we did was about being a wage slave. So everybody goes to church, especially guys within two minutes, somebody's asking you, so what do you do? And they're, you're defined by what you do, but there's the person who, who is a mechanic, but is also a poet, mm-hmm. is also an artist in his, his spare time. He's mm-hmm. more than a mechanic. Mm-hmm. He's also mm-hmm. spiritual. He's also, you know, mm-hmm. a father and things like that. So it's it's such a it's such a box and a pecking order, mm-hmm. you know, with that. So we want to we've we've been talking about getting away from that, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, because I mean, I'm I'm I do a IT project manager, but I but that's not what's interesting to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I like growing trees. I like gardening and stuff like that and solving problems. So I like the idea of getting kids away from that idea that you are something for life, mm-hmm. right? Because there's just, that doesn't exist anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And you can be more than one thing at one time anyway. Mm-hmm. So do you co-op with anybody or do you um, or do you share the load? Like somebody's better at science, say... Say one of the parents that you know homeschools and they're better at science or something like that. Do you share the load or get the kids together to do projects together amongst different families or something We like previously that? had done that and currently we are not in, in that situation because we live so far out in the country mm-hmm. now it causes a little bit of a difficulty with doing something like that. Okay. okay. Um, we're very, very involved in our church and that is, you know, that, that like... I, I think the funniest thing ever is because I grew up homeschooled. I don't know if you knew that. Like I grew up homeschooled. No, My I husband and I both grew up homeschooled. We were homeschooled in the 80s when mm-hmm. it was, you know, yeah, was <laughs> you taboo. are so weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that kind of thing, you know. Right. Um, and back then the question, and it still is today, well, how are your kids socialized? Right. Do you, how do you socialize your children? Right. You know, and that kind of a thing. And I and that I always was, like that was my to next question. yeah, and and I always like to tell him, well, um, you know, I really don't worry about it because obviously I am very socially awkward, not good around people at all. So I wouldn't know that. <laughs> no, I'm not at all. I'm not. At <laughs> that was sarcasm. All. I know. I know. Like okay. people skills. Like I feel like God has placed the exact people in your family that you needed to have in your family to be successful in life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the most difficult person in your family that you have the hardest time getting, you know, along with. Sure. That's probably who you're going to encounter, you know, later on in life is somebody like that. And God's prepared you ahead of time Mm -hmm. to be able to handle that situation because that person was in your family. Those kind of things. So I will consistently 
tell people that. But um, as far as far as everything like that is concerned, um, we like I said, we're very involved in our church. We they do have friends that are um, also homeschooled. They're in you know um, my uh, one of my daughters that's homeschooled is um, involved in dance. So mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. Um, with some of their homeschool girls like that. We have. Um, at one time we did, like I, I start, kind of started my own co- co-op when they were younger. Um, and it, it was beneficial for a time for sure. It was necessary or needed at, at the time, but it was almost more for me than it was for them to right. just have that, you know, right. mom conversation, that kind of okay. a thing. Um, but at the point that they are now, they both are in leadership and youth group and things like that. And so that's where they will you know make their connections as far as like educationally um i'm not feeling the need to do a co-op and have you know somebody else involved in their education um i'm not opposed to it at all Mm -hmm. um i've heard great stories of of people that do that and and i you know i think it's a fantastic thing it's just not like we're not at that phase right now where i feel like it's necessary and right. honestly, they, um, you know, when I've um, talked to the kids about it, um, they've not really been interested. So I'm like, well, why spend the money on the gas and everything, sure. you know, if they're, if it's not even something that they're really interested in. Well, and, and some parents, some parents uh, are worried that about science, right? Oh, I can't teach science or I can't teach algebra or something like that. And I think the, the most important thing to get about science is the wonder. The last couple of weeks, there's been this meme going around that deep space object, galaxies, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it says, you are insignificant because of this. But one of the things that I've found is I've, I've got this telescope that's that's four feet long mm-hmm. and it's got an eight inch, you know, wide so you can look at nebula and stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. doesn't sit on a tripod. It sits in this, this stand on the ground. I was looking at a nebula, and when you look at nebula, they're not colored like they are on the pictures from NASA uh-huh. because they color all those. You yeah. can't see that. I was looking at the Swan Nebula, and I could see the stars through it and uh-huh. everything else, and uh-huh. I was just sitting there, and uh, and I was overwhelmed. Didn't feel insignificant at all. Yeah. I felt this was pretty awesome. And there was one time when I was uh, I was looking at Jupiter, and you can see the moons of Jupiter with binoculars, but I was looking at it with a telescope, mm-hmm. and one of the moons of Jupiter went across the face of it, mm-hmm. and I watched it go across over an hour, and it got over and it got off to the side of Jupiter, and you could still, but it had the trailing shadow. Oh, neat. So you could see the shadow going along after it. Yeah. And it was just, it was just so cool. Right, yeah. and instead of learning facts and figures, and Jupiter is this planet from the solar system, and all mm-hmm. this other stuff, it's it's looking at stuff and saying, "Wow, and why does this work?" Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to go test it out and see why it works, because mm-hmm. I was always outside when I was growing up, and a lot of looking at the sky and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I like to get that kind of thing transferred, that wonder, that sense of wonder. To, to the kids. It's yeah. harder to do because they're electronically stimulated. Mm-hmm. You know, I try and show it to Malachi. Malachi's like, yeah, whatever. And uh, <laughs> Yeah. So what have you found how to, um, how to help them with science and things like that? Well, as far as science is concerned, it's been a lot of get outside and see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, throughout their... Um, 
educations and now we're kind of getting into the more like I don't know technical stuff I guess you'd say which is where I have really enjoyed the online stuff because um when it comes to those kind of like I I would not consider myself like a super sciencey person you know aside from just observation Mm kind of like what you're talking about sure um so like the technical terms and all of that kind of stuff you know whenever um now it's kind of funny after they've been doing this for a couple of years um you know like really getting in we did so i shouldn't say we didn't so we did like a very vigorous science um curriculum two years ago and I was like, wow, I feel in over my head. I learned a lot. I learned a lot, a lot. Right. <laughs> um, and, and they were like, um, they were fascinated by it. So that was encouraging. Um, and then, but I feel like with this, this online one that they've been doing, um, the, the teachers are very good at explaining things where sometimes I don't feel like I'm very good at, at explaining things. And so... Um, whatever way it is that they're explaining it, the kids are picking up and they're like, oh yeah, I get that. And so then, you know, me and my, you know, simplistic, you know, observations of things, you're like, oh yeah, we learned about that in science and this and this and this is the reason. And I'm like, that is so interesting. Thank you. You know, like I always want to, um, I'm definitely not one of those people that's like intimidated by my kids being smarter than me or knowing something that, you know, like I'm, I don't remember from school or I don't, you know, I don't know or whatever, you know, they'll, they'll, um, you know, inform me on this, you know, science background of it. And I'm like, isn't that the coolest thing? And, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I'm always a big fan of like turning it back to, um, God's creation and being like, isn't that amazing how God put that together? Yeah. And, just kind of like bringing it, bring it back mm-hmm. <laughs> to where, um, you know, even though, uh, cause that's the other thing there, there was a big, um, hesitation for me because it's not technically a, um, faith-based curriculum. Right. Sure. So there was, there was a lot of drawback, um, you know, to that. But then I was like, you know what though? Like I've given them the foundation, Right. Up until now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the teachers that they have when they're talking about science, um, you know, it'll be, they'll, they'll say something that's off, uh, based off of what we've talked about in God's word. Right. And then they'll be like, but isn't that ridiculous? Can you even imagine? Of course God made it that way, you know, which is obviously encouraging to me because I'm like, okay, right. what I drilled into them foundationally you know, via the word of God, it's sticking with them. Sure. Which is, you know, as they continue their um, growth, their learning journey and all that kind of thing, it's like it, they already had that foundation. It used to be when they were younger, it was like, okay, it's quiet time, time, you know, everybody's going to go in the room and you do, you know, whatever it is that you want to do for your quiet time. And I mm-hmm. outlined that as to what it could look like, but I was never like, um, this is what it needs to look like. Right. And that kind of a thing. And now, um, I don't, I don't have to even remind them it's, it's their personal decision, which I'm really happy about. Like I, it would be very frustrating if putting that time into it and then them having no interest in it. Um, but it's, it's really encouraging that they like to go back and refer to God's word whenever they're learning something in school, Mm -hmm. whether it's in science, whether it's in history, whatever, you know, they, 
they do that on their own now. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, I've always been a question everything. Don't take anything, like, you know, like don't take anybody's word for it. Don't right. even take my word for it. Uh-huh. If I tell you that something is truth and you're like, I don't know about that. Go look it up. Right. Go figure it out. Find out if what I am telling you is true because I don't ever want, you know, my kids to just take something at face value just because somebody that right. they respect or, you know, they feel like is smarter than them, you know, they should know. So I'm just going to believe them. No. Mm-hmm. Question everything. Right. I like learning the language of it mm-hmm. and, you know, go and read Darwin's original Go read the original sources, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, go read the, go read with some of those other things, and then have a conversation about it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now at school, when you got thirty kids in there, maybe not. I like to learn the language of evolution so that, mm-hmm. you know, so I can have a conversation with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. people don't. I mean, down in Wichita, our eldest daughter, um, they only have biology for one year, and it's in sophomore year. Oh, wow. And they didn't have anything else. And so everything, including everything from the cell and evolution, was all in one year. Mm-hmm. And so none of that really stuck for kids anyway. I think the cell, the cell stuff was always my, my favorite when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I took every science class in high school. And uh, we, we did the paramecium thing where, mm-hmm. you know, and we, and we went down to the... We went down to the uh, pond and took some water, and uh, it was super nasty. Yeah, yeah. And all of, we thought it was clean water, and it was super nasty. But then, sure, I can have a conversation with somebody else because I understand evolution probably better than they do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because they're so. just regurgitating what they've heard and not ever actually yeah. read it for themselves. Sure. Yeah. So, and I like to read a lot of the classics, like mm-hmm. um, Ovid's Metamorphosis was a Roman, was a Roman work that where they were basically taking the Greek mythology and they were Romanizing it, mm-hmm. right? So they took Zeus became Jove, Aphrodite became Venus, mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But they said one thing in there that was interesting. They said the animals are constantly looking at the ground because they're grazing. And then, but man is is made looking up at the heavens, so he can he can appreciate the gods. Mm. Except some, some men choose not to do that and become stupid like the animals. Right now in the morning, um, they had there's Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, and they're all lined up across the sky. Oh, how cool! And it's been like that for three months. Goodness. And so, and then the moon's moving across there too. So like last week. One day the moon was right next to Jupiter, and then the next day the moon was right next to Mars. Mm-hmm. And this is like five thirty in the morning, six o'clock in the morning before the sun comes up. And I need, stuff. I, like I'm up that early. I need to just look. <laughs> yeah, and it's been like this for like three months. Oh my goodness! So then, uh, but I mean, how many people notice the cycles of the moon? Right? Yeah. You know which which cycle is the moon in? Which phase is the moon in? They, they yeah. don't know. Yeah. When when I was growing up, it, I could see the Milky Way from in town. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we live out in the middle of the country and, and 70% of the sky is light washed yeah. from the city, which is 50 miles away. Yeah, same. Yeah. You know, so I got, I've got i got 70% of the sky on the eastern sky is light washed from Kansas City, even though it's 50 miles away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had a clearer sky 
when I was a kid in town than I do now out in the country. Yeah. You know, and you just sit there and it's like, I don't feel insignificant at all looking up and seeing the Milky Way or Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just awe inspiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm always big. Like I, I love watching the moon. I love watching the sunrise. Like in the mornings when I walk, I'm always just Mm-hmm. in awe of the sunrise and everything like that, you know, cause I, I'm just like, I didn't used to be an early morning person and I sure. become an early morning person after moving out to the farm. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love that. I love that. Yeah. Being, being the first person to see all the things, you know, that happen first thing in the morning. And Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's so much different going out and, and doing that in the morning instead of, sleeping in or whatever else and uh it it makes the day much better mm-hmm mm-hmm 100% agree yeah excellent very good what are you and your kids favorite book we really enjoyed pilgrim's progress mm-hmm because not not just based off of the book but then we were reading sure. like the things about the book and that made it more interesting yeah And then, and then when, because like some things, you know, when you read through it, especially when we read through it, they were 11 and 13. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So a lot of it just kind of like, whoo, over their head. A lot of one over my head (laughs) and I'd read it, you know, a couple of times before, but, um, yeah, getting, getting to go through that book, we went through it very slowly. Sure. Um, I would say maybe not like the, 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 favorite as much as most impactful Mm -hmm. I would say that as far as favorite they have different genres all together that they enjoy so it would be really hard to settle on one as far as that's concerned right yeah it's funny you pick Pilgrim's Progress that's one of my favorite books is it really it really is Ah, that's really funny so yeah I would say um oh one thing that I was oh I think we covered that actually (laughs) no <laughs> well, i think you asked that yeah i think we talked about that yeah, yeah one of my favorite books lately is uh, live not by lies by rod dreyer oh i haven't heard that one yeah it's basically he goes through and he shows that some of the stuff that's happening now including like this smartphone mm-hmm. is like um that so he talks to some people from from like eastern europe mm-hmm and and they go why are you doing all that stuff that's communist stuff just starting uh, <laughs> don't you have any common sense people <laughs> and he's basically saying you know you're kind of getting in that way again you need to get more faith you need to get more yeah, yeah that's one of my favorite recent books yeah one of the th- thoughts that i was having about is that um so many people will um build their lives Mm. around their work or making sports a priority, a percentage of kids that actually become, you know, superstars in sports or whatever. And and not that sports are a bad thing or, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. though I was involved in sports growing up, enjoyed it tremendously, all those kind of things. Sports are not life though. Even public school, it's not life. You're, the job you go to, it's not life. Right. And, you know, getting priorities straight, I think that's another thing that I've been able to teach the kids through homeschool is that 
these things are not what makes a life. Thank you for listening to the Thriving the Future podcast. Check us out on the web on thrivingthefuture.com. Also, come and join our conversation on Twitter at thrivingthefuture.com. 